are live on the tubes talking about the zones of blue. Dan Butner. I said his name right, right? Butner? Uh, I think so. He's an interesting cat. I didn't realize that he um, rode across like the world at some yeah. point. So that was kind of cool. But yeah, definitely very um, mainstream in a lot of what he says. But then some some sprinkles of things in there calling out Big Pharma. So I was, Sprinkles uh, of hope is what I saw. Sprinkles of hope, I would say, for sure. Yeah. So I don't know. Overall, I thought, well, it's kind of like the same thing that, you know, was known from his book. It was just like the video version. So a lot of this isn't a surprise to people. It was kind of cool to see some of these communities. um, But yeah, I think the clear for sure issue that most people have is is around diet, which is funny because now based on what you know, two years ago, I would have been really, really pissed off about the diet piece. <laughs> now I'm just kind of like mildly accepting it. It's obvious what it is, but really it's not, it's not the main driver um, no. of longevity people. It's uh, it's every, it's everything else. I don't but know. Maybe we should start there. Let's start with the diet and then we can get into everything else. So, for sure. For sure. What do we have? Five is so it's Okinawa, Sardinia. Nicoya, Costa Rica, Loma Linda, yep. and then Singapore was was in there yep. um, randomly at the end. So he touted that most of these places are eating plant based. I think Loma Linda maybe is the most plant based. Right. But even the first episode, man, Okinawa. I'm just like looking at this place. It's an island nation, Sardinia too, even though they're in the mountains. Doesn't talk about meat or fish at all. He's just like, oh, it's this purple sweet potato is so medicinal and it's a different form of carbs than like processed carbs, which is true. Obviously, yep. a real sweet potato is like way better for you than like just drinking high fructose corn syrup in the form of, of Coca-Cola. But he they, he almost, he's like, is this the special potato? And they're like, no, dude, it's just a fucking potato. <laughs> like they were not, they were like, is this, he's like, is this the secret? And they were like, what they were they 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 did not like acknowledge that at all they were just like and obviously okinawa like they're do you know how much fish they probably eat a lot and didn't you so didn't you find something saying that uh or maybe it was me that i was reading this uh yeah they they found the proportion of diet in okinawa in 1992 so so here's the other thing that i think is important to preface with all of these we're in 2023 these people are 90 to 100 years old now, like right now. That means whatever they ate has spanned over 90 years. And if it's different now, that doesn't mean that's what they ate for 80 years. And that goes with toxins. That goes with literally anything across the board is completely different. Electrification, like these pe- people probably oh, yeah. didn't even grow up with internet. Um, they definitely weren't vaccinated like a hundred times like kids are today or kids are like, you know, 20 years ago. Exactly. So remember this people, this is backwards looking. What these folks do or did is likely not realistic. It's not the same for, and for it's- most people. It's sort of ironic because there was, I mean, I liked some of the words he used throughout the documentary. Like he used environment a lot, not just food. Mm -hmm. And he did a lot of good stuff with community. Like we'll get into a minute, but starting with the diet stuff, 
it's great what you just mentioned because it really gives sort of a an overviewed picture because he kept mentioning environment, but he never mentioned he mentions a little bit of how environments changed since then, like Okinawa now he was talking about how he was sort of saddened by the amount of fast food com uh, companies there now and obesity <clears throat> rates rising and stuff like that. But he he's ignored, like you said, all of those other factors, like the technological rise, like the amount of screens that are in everyone's face. I mean, there's a huge rate of myopia in general in, in Japan right now, like oh, yeah. way higher than ever before. Um, and I think it's a lot to do with like screens and all these various things that are now in our faces. And so I feel like, and it's for audience appeal in some ways it was super simplistic. Um, but in some ways I feel like it really, you could, I mean, for me and you, the, 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 whenever he would get to the diet part in every place that he went each episode, I would just sort of cringe in the back of my mind yeah. because uh, it was just like, I was like, Oh, it was so good until just now, <laughs> like just now it, it and, and there was, yeah. there, and I'm not here to demonize carbs or anything like that. I think it's contextual. Like you, you put it in your tweet the other day where it's like seasonal latitudinal, like all those things you got to take into consideration. What is your activity level? All these things. What, I mean, what are your goals? Um, I did like some of the things he talked about, uh, well, actually, I don't know. I don't actually know if I could say I enjoyed anything you really talked about diet-wise, if we're just talking about that part. That was probably Yeah, the well, well let's talk about the diet first because it's really important. And I think what you said about the localness is no, that was never mentioned, right? So he never mentioned – well, he mentioned it that it was important sort of, but it wasn't like a big thing. No. It was just like high quality. But the seasonality component was, was left out. And that's really important because most of these people, again, they grew up um, a long time ago. And oh, the Ikaria, the Greek mm -hmm. island was the one that we missed. They were literally off grid. They were fully self-sufficient yeah, like 10, 15 years ago. What does that mean? That means they only ate locally. Like they only ate what they could grow. So what they could grow was what was in season. So that's extremely important. And of course it was high quality. And then he he talks about the fucking wine as the main <laughs> yeah. driver yeah. there. I was, I was about to lose my mind. Obviously that wine is way better quality than anything like in California, probably most regions of the world. And I'm not here to tell you that like you can't drink a glass of wine. Obviously, these people did, but that's not like why it's the connection. It's the locality of it. But let's talk about well, the meat or just, the, and just the, one more, just diet. one more thing on top of that. Just one more thing on top of that. The other thing too, I noticed amongst all of them is like we were talking about the freshness of their foods. Like it's not yeah. like the same. Like all that produce and all the all the grains and all the vegetables they're eating. They it's not like they went to Walmart and bought these like pesticide laden uh mm -hmm. produce things it's not even similar at all which you're going to be talking to start doing a podcast on glyphosate next week which will be really interesting but it's it just like super big context right there yeah but anyway the the plant-based i guess nomenclature perspective that dan has is, is clearly very biased it's clearly overemphasized, and it's not even really that true because again we're talking about what they ate their whole lives in Okinawa, and there's actual research to back up. In 1992, a study comparing diets of mainland Japan and people on the island of Okinawa found that they had a higher consumption rate of pork, pork fat, and fish. And obviously, we know Japan, they're eating fish, and they're on an island. So, of course, they'd be eating a fair amount of fish. But, you know, 
people didn't eat, you know, they ate what they could get, right? Like the meat was available, they would eat it. When it wasn't available, they'd probably eat, you know, soy and, and sweet potatoes and things like that. And, and that's just like across, um, you know, many civilizations, I would say. And same thing with Costa Rica. I, w- I was living kind of close to Nicoya for a month. And yeah, people definitely eat meat. They're not avoiding it at any like direct measure. And the guy they talk about, it's like 100 years old. He's herding yeah. cattle. Like, what the hell? You think that they're just, they have cattle that they're herding. Maybe he's not consuming all of that. Maybe it's his job, but obviously he's selling it to other people in their community or, you know, they're getting, they're used for dairy. Um, so to me, that was hilarious as well. Um, and yeah, you know, Loma Linda, Seventh-day Adventists, which um, they live longer than Americans, but there actually aren't even that many centenarians at all. They're, they're just handpicked no. like the good one in America. And it just so happened to follow a mostly vegan diet. Um, but then they do all these other decent things. And again, California, like 60 years ago was beautiful is, you know, full of nature. There wasn't all these pesticides being used. They obviously get great sun there. So it was kind of before California got completely ruined, I would say. So yeah. um, a lot, a lot a of these people different. were outside too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. But, but anyway, the diet piece, I think was really fascinating because I was listening to, um, well, first off, why do people think that meat is bad for longevity? And I wrote about this in my book and then I omitted it because I thought it was a bit confusing. There, there's this one study that found that, so meat is high in amino acids like methionine. And the longest time people have been saying, oh, methionine is bad for longevity because it overactivates mTOR and this anabolic state. And, you know, everyone from like Ben Greenfield to Seamlon, like all these guys are like, that's why fasting is good because fasting balances out the anabolic nature of meat. And it's all based on this one rat study where they fed rat um, rats um, synthetically produced methionine in isolation Mm -hmm. and found that those rats did not live as long as the ones where they didn't feed them. And funny enough, Dr. Stephanie Snett, who we're interviewing, um, she's big on the synthetic supplements and uh, compounds are problematic because they are not deuterium depleted like the natural component. Like when you eat meat, your body is naturally deuterium depleting that meat. So she had this aha moment saying that you cannot compare synthetically formed amino acids that are created in a lab and like that being equivalent to methionine that you would receive from meat. Same thing with Mm -hmm. melatonin supplementation she's talked about on other podcasts. So everyone's basing meat being bad for longevity on a study with synthetic isolated methionine done in rats. This is a joke, really. And I'm so glad I listened to that yesterday because it was kind of the final click in why this has become so prevalent even in the people who eat meat camp or have said this and and it just doesn't make any sense because obviously we would eat meat quite a bit when it was available and you were looking into to hong kong right yeah 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 so on average the average person in hong kong and they have some of the highest longevity in the world um in in there and so i was looking it up i think the average person eats the equivalent of what would be 20 ounces of of meat a day um, on average, so mostly pork and beef. 
Um, and I was like, I mean, there you go. That's just one example right there. Um, that was not included in the blue zones. So purposefully left out. So yeah, that, so that whole methionine longevity meat is bad for longevity thesis is without foundation in my opinion and other experts opinion who are way more knowledgeable and um yeah it's uh it's also not about diet but then it's like the hong kong thing the singapore thing they're like showing this graph of how oh, yeah. incredibly fast their lifespan is, is growing and it's like lifespan is such a terrible indication of societal health and we've known that for like a long time because if you eliminate child mortality through infectious diseases and childbirth mortality rates as well from you know, the maternal perspective you know you're obviously going to have this massive increase so lifting people out of poverty is just going to increase lifespan significantly oh yeah but really now it's so bad we're seeing a decrease in lifespan in the united states because we have so much chronic disease so i, I think measuring the centenarians is, is a far better way to do it um, but they kind of did both in the blue zones. They were like going back and forth yeah. between lifespan and then count or percentage of centenarians. So it was like uh, when they were in Loma Linda, it was inconvenient to talk about centenarians. Um, so they, they did, did it. it all. They talked about lifespan. But then when they were in um, Italy and in Okinawa, they, they talked about centenarians more. So it was mm -hmm. cherry picked in that regard, I, I thought as well. No, I agree. And like, I, I was thinking of one example when we were talking about Okinawa, because I had a conversation with my grandfather. It's not super relevant because it's a long time ago. But I, when I was first learning about Blue Zones, this would have been a couple of years ago when I was getting into the health stuff. And I heard, I think, I can't remember who was really big on it, but um, I was reading about it. And then I asked my grandfather who had been stationed in Okinawa during the 50s during Korea. And he was saying like, they eat tons of meat, like tons of fish, like in like yeah, ton, like yeah. he had never seen so much and of in course that's 50s, in the 50s so yeah, it's not yeah but but still i thought it was like semi-relevant because he has no that's very knowledge. that's very relevant i mean and again if you know anything about nutrition or you can go and read my book like i don't even think there's a debate that there's more bioavailability there's more nutrition with bioavailable nutrients than the right forms oh, yeah. in meat that's undebatable and if you have any open mind perspective that any civilization in history would have passed up the opportunity to eat meat and eat plants instead you are it's a joke really i actually think i actually think the yeah no i was just gonna say the last funny thing say, i remember from that yeah no i was just gonna say the last funny thing is i remember uh dan saying in the in the movie or in the show he was like and there's there are these specific compounds that are only found in like these plants that aren't in any meat. And I was thinking, well, what about the compounds found in meat that aren't in plants? Like you're not going to get really get choline, you're not going to really get glycine. Um, so it was like it was just kind of interesting. Yeah, I thought it was funny because you could you could nitpick it. There's either way, way more. No, 100. percent There's way more nutrients that are not found in plants that are found in meat. Like way more, like active forms of vitamin A, B, vitamin A, yeah, B12. I mean, it's it's the list. Oh, heme iron. Uh, the list goes on. And what do we talk about? Stefan von Fleet. Actually, you can get a lot of these. You know phenolic compounds phytochemicals from meat it might not be in the same quality quantity but if the quality of your meat is high it's pasture raised they're going to upcycle some of those plant nutrients as well so eat your pasture uh, meats folks so that's that's it's just ridiculous this is still a thing but that's 
also a problem because then all the carnivore folks, all the meat folks, the paleo folks, all they talk about is meat um, mm. and versus plant-based. That's not, you know, we covered it here. That's not the main driving factor of the longevity in these people, clearly. And that's something no. that I think that this documentary and the work that he did, a lot of the stuff they, they got right um, in terms of the other things, the community, the sense of purpose, the walking daily, um, oh, yeah. being outside all the time, he didn't mention. Um, but I guess things that he got right that he did mention is that food made from scratch with local Stress. ingredients and then working physically um, instead of just uh, sitting at a computer all day. Um, stress. Yeah. So, and then community and purpose, right? That was yep. big. So that was probably actually the that. biggest thing I know is actually mm -hmm. even, even if, I mean, it depends who you, who you are as a viewer, but even me, I felt like overarchingly um, the community aspect was driven home really, really well. And yep. it really made me think about things because like, if you th and I, I actually thought about all these communities not that all of them are like per se very rural or anything like that, but like the Greece one is specifically and was for a very mm -hmm. long time. But a lot of these are like pretty close, tight knit communities. And it was funny because my first thought watching this was like, well, they're not perfect, but the Mormons do that pretty good too on a decently large scale. Now, I know a lot of Mormons, they, that did. Drink they did, they drink a lot of Coke now. But, but, but for a while they had it pretty good, but it made me, well, the it really made me the, think about no, it. No, the, the Mormons actually are a fantastic like population to study as well. Um, because they are really healthy. Um, they're really, uh, as well, like tall. So mm -hmm. I think, uh, that was something that was used for, um, a couple studies. Maybe I can find one. Here's one from 2010. So the Mormons had a life expectancy. 84 years so definitely a few 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 years higher um yeah 2000 or 1980 from 2004 so yeah that's pretty good um, i mean that's one females, thing i noticed 86 yeah. years so yeah tremendously where where is this in the blue zones this is almost just as good as, as loma linda and that's yeah nine almost 10 years longer than u.s white males and mm -hmm. 5.6 longer females, uh, US white females. So they compared it to Caucasian males to be more similar. They had 27% less chance of dying um, in, or just mortality. Okay. Now, yeah, they don't smoke. They turn, obviously they go to church every week. Uh, they yeah. don't drink or at least they didn't drink. They're not supposed to drink. Um, and then they're <laughs> outside like all the time, right? Like they love yeah. the outdoors as we know. So yeah. why, why is he talking about the Mormons and they definitely eat meat, right? Like, Oh yeah. Yeah, they definitely do. I've been to a lot of like back in my, my LDS days, I, I went to a lot of like Sunday dinners or especially on fasting Sunday where you fast all day until dinner. So basically yeah. you go 24. Um, yeah, there's lot, lots of meat and actually they, they ate tons of everything, to be honest with you. Like there was always bread, um, all that stuff. But like, yeah, that was like one of my biggest take was, is like, every time I saw them make food on the show, I was like, this stuff looks 150 times better than anything I've seen at a store. <laughs> like, so yeah. And that's comparable. what, if you go to, yeah, if you go to like places like that, the culture, I think there's something to be said about culture really, really being important. And in the US, we have no culture anymore because we've just become, you know, just, or most people don't. I mean, there's pockets of, of culture and it, 
that's usually from like, you know, being an Italian immigrant or an Irish immigrant or things like that. But now I think with the woke agenda, so many people have lost their culture. They've lost their touch because that hasn't, you know, they're fourth generation American. So that hasn't been passed down because it's been lost and now their culture is gone. So they don't have anything really that's pride. Like when you go to Italy, been there many times, they are so passionate about the food from their region, the quality that it was raised in. And that's like that in Austria, Germany, Spain, Greece. It's very common because that's their pride is is their food, their culture. And because of that, they have a higher quality. Um, Whereas we have no culture in many areas of the U.S., especially younger generation. So now and so much of it's commercialized. So much of it's commercialized as well. It's been hijacked by multi-billion dollar companies and and agendas that uh, are for social uh, progressive movements, which make people feel a sense of culture, right? The culture helps you feel like you belong to a greater purpose, a greater group, the community. And that's kind of been filled now with a lot of this social programming from the government. And that's the problem. If we had this strong culture, the strong foundation, a lot of that would be very unsuccessful. So getting back to community. Yeah, it was interesting. At the end, they went to that town in Minnesota where they tried to sort of like uh, instill these like systems (laughs) into the community or whatever. Um, and I actually, I don't even know if I paid too much attention to the end of it, but, but it was sort of an interesting idea. I think actually, when I look at it from 50,000 foot view, the biggest thing that's lacking from like a health perspective in the mass scale in, in the United States is that community aspect. Cause it's just not really there. I mean, there's a lot of online communities, but that's not nearly the same thing. So no. unless you're like in, in like, unless you're really like, man, like in a youth group or like doing like boy scout i mean even that i mean it's just it's just so different than than over in europe even like you were mentioning cuz i experienced that traveling over there a few times myself and i was just i was actually blown away because i was i was like man i don't i don't have any of this here where i'm from so it was it was really fascinating so i think that was my biggest takeaway is like really finding your own purpose and then finding people that hold those same same similar beliefs and really like you know leaning on those people and like spending more time with them um, but I mean, so many people here folks like to just talking about stress. Um, there's so much lack of purpose in modern society that it's, it, it just cripples every aspect of, of well-being after that, um, that I've yeah. seen. So it's super you know what, what, what I'll say he covered that was really, um, great. I thought was the nursing home thing that, oh, yeah. felt, like when you get into, uh, an older uh, part of your life, you're like your last stage of life that you actually have a purpose. And this goes back to the community piece is that you, you actually still have a purpose in the community. Like you're contributing somehow you have that purpose, that drive to wake up every day. If you shove someone in a nursing home, you're basically saying that you have no value to contribute to society anymore. Here you go. So, and in the U S nursing homes are disgusting and they are a joke and mm-hmm. and it's i know this because my grandma has been in a nursing home for like 12 years now and it just breaks my heart every single time and my other grandmother in austria she was in a nursing home for like one year at the last year of her life and that that was it and it was like way better quality and it was just the last year and she was 93 like that's a bit different yeah so. well and i'll say this too because i've said this on uh, i think a few other podcasts that they view 
elders, like you said, differently. They look at them for wisdom mm-hmm. and various things like that. I like that, especially in the Italy section where they had all these sort of um, middle-aged women sort of caring for, they take turns helping care for this centenarian that's in their, in their village. And I, I just thought that was so cool. And they come to her. I mean, I mean, it, I don't know. It's like you said, like they still have purpose. And I, we kind of look at, like you said, elderly people as just extra baggage. And so, and I've experienced this with my own, own, own grandparents who've like had family members try to put them in a home to basically not have to see them or not have to take care of them or not have to help with. And it's super, it's super depressing. So it's like, I'm after one of them goes, I'm like, Hey, move down here. We'll take care of you. We'll take you out. We'll do stuff. Cause that's, that's what keeps people vibrant. And I think partially the reason like loneliness, they talked about loneliness, like highest rates of like community, especially at that age. And when you like lose a significant other, which will happen to pretty much everyone at some point, um, yeah, you lose something. And when you've like, I always think about, uh, sort of my grandparents, like, because they don't have that community or a lot of their friends, family have, have passed on because they're so old. Um, once one goes, it's like, where are they left? And it's usually shove them in a home and I don't want to do that. So it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where I think we just got to change our perception around what it means to age. Um, and we look at here and the, the one part, the good part they mentioned about uh, kind of calling out big pharma is um, looking at it as avoiding disease before it happens. So I did like that part a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So those, I think were really good for the, um, the shows, the, the series really, I think in a modern world, those are the things that are making such a, they're the intangibles, right? Like if you don't have a sense of purpose, you don't have a community. If you don't have people who value your existence, you're not going to live a long time. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to be healthy because you have no value to contribute sadly enough. Um, So that was good. The other things he completely neglected was just, I think that we haven't covered is it's really just their, their immersion in nature um, they're spending time outside. They're not really in this modern world. And again, this goes hand in hand with the fact that they grew up 70 years ago. This yeah. is very backwards looking 70 years ago, 80 years ago, there's less toxins in these places. I mean, some places there was more toxins, but in these places, there's definitely less a very, I know, probably super underdeveloped. They're not like sitting in offices. They're not on their phones. They are, you know, the guys in Sardinia were all, you know, herding uh, herd animals like sheep and goat uh, outside like all day, right? So if you're a well, farmer or you're someone who works outside, like a couple ranchers, a couple people, fishermen, gar- just gardening, gardening all the time, yeah. um, you wake up with the sunrise because that's when work starts and you go to bed when the sun sets. So again, you don't need to tell these people that they need to go watch a morning sun because it's good for them, their health. And Andrew Huberman told you to do so. They yeah. just did that they just every do it single day for 80 years. It's actually pretty Bam. funny. I, yeah. And I think actually it's funny because if you were to ask, like if I were to ask my grandpa what his mother did, like when he was growing up, they probably did a lot of those things. Like was probably out gardening, probably was doing a lot of stuff by hand like all that stuff. So it's sort of like generational wisdom that's been lost. And I, I mean, man, when they were talking about the gardening part, I was like, that's literally what my grand did every day. She was this old British lady 
who was just no matter what, like whenever we'd come over, she'd be out in her garden all day long. Um, and so it's not like some, what it was so funny. I was like watching it and I was like, none of this is surprising me at all. In fact, it's sort of sad that we have to be told some of these principles, like have a community, like have purpose, uh, like go outside, move, eat move. real food, move. Like it was very, it was sort of like, man, it started disheartening that this is like lost wisdom or something. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I mean, it's really simple, like use it or lose it. And that's something I've noticed with my, my grandpa, my grandma, that my grandma, she was 93. She lived in a, a hilly mountain village in Austria her whole life, never had a car. She had to walk down a hill and back up a super steep hill every day to get groceries or yeah. literally do anything. Um, grandpa refuses to retire on my dad's side and, and he's still doing really well because he's so like stubborn. He just like needs to do projects. So this whole retirement thing. That was a actually a big scam. point too. Um, total scam. And then what, you're just going to go like sit on a, a chair at the beach all day. Yep. Like you, you need to be doing something physically or obviously you're going to lose it. And it, it just reminds me as well as, you know, physically we have this notion um, and it's funny because yesterday um, I was talking to another functional patterns trader who I'm going to be doing some sessions with down here in Australia. And we talked to, to Mike, mm -hmm. um, which came out this week on, on FP. You know, people, men would have been using their bodies very physically demanding as long as they were alive for a very long time. Like that was just their job. They didn't just stop ranching or herding sheep or cattle when they were 65 because they're like, oh, you know, social security's kicking in. I got that pension. I, you know, I'm good. Right. And like, no, they did this stuff their whole lives. I read a book on, on Alexander the Great recently, too. And there, some of his generals were like 70 and they're still, you know, going to war. Like that was it. Like you just went to war until the war was over or you died. And that was actually a major that was, point. But yeah, that was actually, you yeah, just that... keep doing things. Uh huh. That was actually a major point. I think I actually remember seeing uh, two interviews they did. The the one one of the ladies in Italy was a centenarian, and then one in Costa Rica, who I think was ranching or something like that. Um, both yeah, of them yeah, were like, yeah, yeah, both of them were like, yeah, I'm not retiring, or I don't have a pension, or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, you, they keep doing stuff. Because yeah, that's what I've noticed. Like yeah, what are you gonna do? Just stop and like sit and watch the oldies on whatever Discovery or whatever it is, which happens, <laughs> and that's when you fall apart. Yeah. Retirement's a scam, but it's more important than ever now, like your 20s and your 30s. If you focus on health now, you will have that, you know, the fruits of your labor labor will pay off for decades to come. Like if you prioritize these things now, create a foundation for health now, you're going to have this knowledge and then you're going to have, you know, the life that, that potentially carries into your, your late age where you can be active if you treat your body right that's why i'm really passionate about this i wouldn't be i don't know what hiking and doing things i've seen guys on hikes that are like in their 80s and 90s oh, yeah. and i'm just like yeah that's that's gonna be me i don't care if i die on the mountain like that's what i want to be doing in my late age because and... i'm never gonna stop moving but if i don't prioritize it now and especially, again, because of the modern toxic world we live in, you have to be just way more deliberate about it. You have to have a set, focused decision to do it and mindset. Yeah, whereas their sort of actions have been innate based on how they're raised, we have to sort of go out of our way to sort of create the behaviors again. Um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it's probably better than 
just ignoring it. And the other thing too, is like what you were saying, um, is just like, you just gotta, you just gotta do stuff. And I think right now, especially if you're a young person like us is like, now is the time to find your purpose, to dive into what you love and like make it happen. Uh, Steven Lubka had a great uh, tweet on entrepreneurship the other day and leaving a cushy 250K job because he hated it. And he's found so much more purpose in a much harder environment, which was starting his own business. But I think it's much more rewarding and that'll pay off dividends later as well in your health because you're actually passionate about life and not trying to just get to the finish line. Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah, again, I think overall it's uh it's very basic. It's a, let, a Netflix documentary. Most people already knew what was coming. There's a lot of, you know, side programming that's ongoing in there, like subliminal messaging. But there's a couple moments that are great. Obviously, you can take a lot away from these communities. But for me, it's like diet is not the most important thing. Um, everything else you do, obviously diet, if you have like a horrible diet, you're going to be held back completely. But health longevity so, vitality is multifaceted so better or worse than game changers i've never even watched that fully because i think i, I just couldn't even i think it's slightly watch. better i they did the yeah they did a lot more sure. than but but yeah it was there was a lot of just like um i was upset that it was four episodes let's just say i was hoping it was like just one thing one. that i could sit down for like two hours and or not two hours but like an hour hour ten minutes and it'd be done but now i was like 30, 40 minute episodes, which was fine, but it was sort of like a rehash every episode. And so I was kind of yeah, like, yeah, I get it. It, it, was, it was a similar thing. So it, it, it makes you think it's just like how easy, like when he did his Minnesota thing or he's talking about Singapore, yeah. it's like how easy it would be to make a drastic change in societal health if we could just strip away from this industrial medical complex oh, and awesome. actually, you know, create walking lanes and bike lanes and build, you know, better access to nature and start banning toxins so they can't spray all this shit on our food and then incentivizing local producers like if you were a town mayor like i don't know maybe one day i'll be a town mayor of some small town in wyoming <laughs> i'm gonna ban literally all this shit use different lighting and buildings have you know more open windows ton of natural light across yeah. the board in the series ton of us uh being outside incentivizing local food and embracing the the community aspect of it like it's well, it's really not that hard it's no. just it's got to start so at a local entrenched. level yeah, yeah i think i think it's got to start local because it's never going to come from the top it's just not going to happen so, so how can people make a difference just start doing stuff like that locally start forming groups start buying local start incentivizing um things that can be done better locally and and try and just form a little group or community within yourself and, and preach kind of the important lifestyle habits. Go find some old people in your town that have some wisdom that is going to be lost forever if, if they don't have a purpose. Yeah. And I found, and I, I do this all the time. I'll talk to, it's funny. I'll talk to old people at the store all the time, but I'll just get them jogging memory. And then, you know, I'll get them like, I'll stop people from buying vegetable oil. I'll stop old people all the time. I'll just like, I'll be like, Hey, you want to hear X, Y, Z? I know that blah, blah. And usually they'll be like, yeah, my mom used to cook with lard butter. or butter or and whatever. Butter, and yeah. I was like, yeah, just do that. And they're like, wow, good. I actually like that. It tastes way better. So I was like, it, it starts small and it's just like created through action. And then other people come along. I noticed. So start now. Anyway, though, I think blue zones, it's weird that these are kind of handpicked again, lifespan, super flawed. 
but the maximum, you know, age of people, and this is something that's highly debated and you could really never prove. And they often debate in general that even the blue zones are of all like flawed birth certificates and things like that. Mm. But I don't, I don't think people are living longer and we've been living to kind of like, if you got past like a good age when even 2000 years ago, people were in their eighties, like, well, think 90s, about think about 100s. some of the founding you can't fathers. Believe. Yeah, well, yeah, Benjamin Franklin was like some of them too, right? Yeah, I mean John Adams. Well, not, maybe not John Adams. It was a, uh, it was two of them died on the same day on July Fourth, but one of them was like ten. I mean, they were both like eighty, ninety. So it's just like we're not really living longer when you look at it. It's just sort of like, I don't know, are you doing the behaviors? Yeah, but. Maybe I don't know if there's any. It's any much questions easier to live YouTube. short. Yeah. Um, Is there any questions in so. YouTube, or we could open oh, wait. up the Twitter? Oh, they're just saying good stuff. Sweet. We Maybe could we could Twitter, open up. Though. If anyone has any questions on the Twitter space, we would be happy to take them. Happy to oblige. Or comments. Anything you want to add? Comments are good. Inflammatory remarks. But yeah, it's it, it's fascinating, and uh, to me, it just shows like how kind of easy it would be to change society for the better if if people were just open to it and the incentives were aligned. But well, that's we'll get there. that's the idea. It'll yeah, it's just like people like that we've seen you know online in our community. It's just like yes, yeah, slowly just trickle it out there, and people will get sick of it. I mean, we saw that over the last couple of years, like people just slowly get sick of stuff, and they either come on board or they don't. But I have I have more hope than I than I don't. Well, truth always resonates in the end. So again, if you just like are skeptical, just try something and see if it works. That's how most exactly. people realize. Yeah, most people and realize like the the vegan diet doesn't really work uh, because they tried it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but sweet. Well, if there's no question in the Twitter space. Thanks everyone for joining, and we'll see you next time on Decentralized Radio.